believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And it could be gone like that. And we all know there are a lot of people that want to take it right now in power. And I'll say it boldly. They're traitors. And they're trying to destroy this country from within. And they might just take it. But don't let them take your faith in Jesus Christ to be your provider. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread in the city gates. Evil is evil, and we are in an evil time. Make no mistake about it. But God is faithful in all times, in all seasons, and he provides for his people. And Jesus said when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, and he means business because he wants to show us as our provider that he will provide for us our daily bread. He said to the apostle Paul, with food and clothing, we will be content. And who knows, before we get to eternity, that might be a lesson we have to learn. With food and clothing, be content. We might have to learn that lesson. And by the way, if you have to learn that lesson, that's not a bad lesson to learn getting ready for eternity, is it? Let's just be real right here. If the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, with food and clothing, it certainly brought nothing into this world, and it certainly will take nothing out of it. So therefore, with food and clothing, we'll be content. That's what the Holy Spirit says to the church through Paul the Apostle to Timothy in 1 Timothy. Jesus said not to worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Is that a cute platitude from the Sermon on the Mount? Or is that something doctrinally sound to secure our faith no matter what we face from here to eternity? He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or wear, for this is what the world thinks about. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we keep his commandments, if we walk in his ways and we perform them, he promises to provide us with the food and clothing we need for this life. Now, the standard of food, the standard of clothing... You know, the happiest people I've found so often are the people with the least. And if you study church history, you'll find that to be so in many cases. The simplicity. Our life, hasn't COVID made your life simpler? Isn't it a lot less complicated? You know, I, I gained so much time back by just giving up on professional sports altogether. <laughs> I gained so much time back. I, I, like, I redeemed like 15% of my time. It's amazing what God gave me back. And suddenly at 60, I'm like, I need that time because I'm running out of time. And I can use that time in a better capacity than sitting around watching overpaid millionaires tell me how I should live, how I should vote, and how I should think. That's my time. I chose to give it to them. I'm not giving it to them anymore. You want to give them your time? That's your business. And I'm fine with that, seriously. But that's not how I'm spending my time. My vision is sharper. My words are crisper. And my convictions are absolute. God promises to feed us and take care of us. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we make the right decisions. He's going to take care of us. And there might be things that we face that move us to fear. 
what we trust in as a safety net. I'm all for prudence because the prudence foresee evil and they take refuge, but the foolish pass on and are punished. I'm all for prudence. I'm all about planning and prudence, but the plans of mice and men can get blown up in a day when evil men come to power. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's in Christ Jesus. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And he promises to give it to us, our provision. That protection is in verse 6. I will give you peace in the land. There's pe- I will give peace in the land. So peace in the land. He says, you're, you're not going to lie down and be afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts. I can't imagine living in a society where there's evil beasts, like in Africa, where people still have to deal with lions and crazy evil beasts. Like, I mean, we get some mangy coyotes in our neighborhood and they'll give you trouble but you know like I mean evil beast I just I don't know if I see a video like a bear coming towards someone like I don't want to I don't want to see a bear except in a zoo at San Diego on the other side but people historically live in places where there are wild animals and if you want to go live the good life in Montana you pay attention what trails you go on But God promises safety. He promises peace in the land. He promises protection. He promises protection to his people. He promises to give them peace in the land. He promises that the sword will not go through their land. He said, you will chase your enemies and five of you shall chase a hundred and then and then a five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put to flight ten thousand. Now, this is very contextual for Israel. And we did see this. Gideon's men, you know, I mean, it's crazy. Like 300 men put to, to chase 120,000 Midianites. We've seen this in the Bible. The defeat of the Edomites as well. There's different, there's different, you know, David taking on Goliath. There's all kinds of stories that would affirm this. And Deborah and Barak and what they did to Sisera and all that in the book of Judges. Samson with the jawbone. Those are real stories, people. Those things really happened. And God did this. He, he showed himself strong this way to protect them in the land. They, they had a standing army because they had surrounded by enemies, much like it is today in Israel. And they did have regular combat. And who can fathom such things except those of you might be combat veterans in here? And I know we have at least one in this room that's a combat veteran. So, but who can fathom? But his protection, first and foremost, is a spiritual protection. And because, again, we're, what we're dealing with in our country right now is a spiritual battle. It's, it's spiritual. It is so evil where the father of lies twists good and makes it evil. And he takes evil and twists it and makes it good. Like, I can't believe some of the stuff I see and read right now in concerning our country. I'm like, I, these people are out of their mind. They're insane. They are absolutely demonically insane. They are given over to total depravity to think that this is good and this is evil. It's, it's insane. It's a spiritual battle. And this is where we hold the high ground because the church always holds the high ground in a spiritual battle. Do you understand? For our weapons are not carnal, but they're spiritual and they're mighty in God for tearing down strongholds. Thus, we are praying for our nation. We are praying for our state and these bad laws to be repealed. We are praying for godly men and women to lead this state forward from the abyss that we've been brought to by these godless, evil people. And that's what they are. And I'm willing to stand before Jesus Christ for every word on this message right now. They are godless, evil people. And they are deliberately doing things to try and destroy the church with Satan's help. And you can quote me. 
But our weapons are mighty in God for turning down strongholds. So it's not about making a comment on a blog or on a news story. It's about being on our knees and praying for mercy and grace and forgiveness and finding humility and brokenness that God would heal our land. That is our spiritual weapon. It's not conquering from above. It's being broken from below. And God says, if my people will humble themselves and repent of their sins, I will heal their land. And as much as anything was a cry for today from the prayer march from Franklin Graham in D.C. today, it was a call for humility and brokenness. And by the way, the back part of this chapter on Tuesday night, we studied it where God said this. If they if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember their the covenant and I'll remember the land. And if they accept their guilt because they despise my judgment, because their soul hoard my statutes, I will not cast them away. I am the Lord, their God. And this is what has to happen in the church right now, right now. Nine out of 10 churches do not have pastors in the pulpit that believe the Bible. This has to change right now. We're all being shaken. And what's shaken, only what's solid remains. It's happening right now. We're all being tested. We're on the 40-day countdown. Multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. It's the day of the Lord in the valley of decision. And who will stand? You're here tonight because the Lord has brought you here. I know most of you by name. Not all of you, but most of you. And I trust that God's working in your life. We have to pray. We have to fight this battle with spiritual weapons of prayer. And we have, not, we have to be careful not to let any evil force move us, even the slightest, from the conviction of truth of God's word. Let God be true and every man a liar. Because God is light and him is no darkness at all. And he's not changed. Everything around us has changed. But God has never changed. He's never going to change. He is going to protect his people. We are in a spiritual battle. And we're not done till he's done. It's like the guy that prayed today that was imprisoned in Turkey for a couple years. I do not want to be imprisoned in Turkey. Of all the, you know, I'm just thinking like, I don't want to be imprisoned at all. But Turkey would be high on my list of like top five countries not to be imprisoned as a Christian in. Just saying. Right? But there he was testifying of his release. And what did he credit to his release? Did you hear that? Prayer. The prayers of the church in America. People praying for him. And there he is today at the nation's capital, praying for the church of Jesus Christ in America and praying for our great country to not go over this cliff that we're on the edge of right now. That's what he was doing. Prayer changes things. I prayed this today with the men here, but the first book I read when I got saved was Pastor Chuck Smith's book, Effective Prayer Life. I got the Harvest book at the same time with the testimonies of Raul Reese and Jeff Johnson, these guys, but Effective Prayer Life's an easy read. It's like 80 pages, big print. And uh, I went through it like in two days. And I'll tell you what I always remember about the book, Effective Prayer Life. I, I read it and I believed it. And what I believe is this. Pastor Chuck said, you can change the world without ever leaving your room if you believe in the power of prayer. And I said, I, I believe that. And it made me a praying pastor with a various ebb and flow of highs and lows in my 32 years of ministry. But know this. We're definitely on the upper scale, end of the scale right now for prayer. Whatever the future brings, we don't want to look back at this time and say, why was I distracted watching baseball with no one even in the stands? Or cardboard pictures of people who paid to have their face there. What were you doing when the nation, the greatest nation in the world is waiting in the balance says, I was watching, I don't know what I was doing, but I made three hours to watch something meaningless in a stadium with no one in it. Do I sound like Pastor Chuck? Thank you. Remember what Pastor Chuck used to say on Super Bowl Sunday? 
the spiritual men will be back here tonight at seven o'clock. I heard it five years in a row when I was on step. I was like, I got to be here. But even if I didn't, I'd probably come back. You know, who wants to see Pastor Chuck on Monday and have think you're not spiritual? We got to be praying. God is going to protect us. You look at Corey Tim Boom when she was in the German concentration camp with her sister. Her sister died in it. Other family members were affected and died. You know, of course, they helped rescue the Jews, the hiding place. The famous Billy Graham. Billy Graham produced the movie Worldwide Pictures. You know, it was for her sister to fulfill her life in that concentration camp. But it's for Corey Tim Boom to be released from that concentration camp. You know, she was released because of a clerical error. The famous, she called herself the tramp for the Lord. Corey Tim Boom, one of the most famous survivors of World War II. The Dutch resistance underground, not with weapons, but with prayer. Corey Tim Boom was released from a German concentration camp because of a clerical error in the paperwork. And she walked right out those gates from a death camp to freedom to be able to testify of Jesus Christ for the next 40 years around the world. And that's what happened because God protected her. And so you see, her sister had run her course and her life was done. It was God's plan that that's how her life would end. That's between her and the Lord. Like Jesus said to Peter, what's it to you if I say he lives a long time? You do what I called you to do. Don't you worry about John. So if Corrie Tim Boom's sister dies in the concentration camp, but Corrie Tim Boom gets released in those 40 years, that's between them and the Lord. If Dietrich Bronhoffer gets hung right before the end of the war, that's between him and the Lord. But as long as we're walking in his statutes, keeping his commandments, performing them, and we know in our heart, in the integrity of our heart, we're doing the best we can to serve the Lord with everything we got, we're going to be at peace. He's going to keep us in perfect peace because we trust in him. And if we lose freedoms or if people come against us, we know that he's going to protect us. Can you imagine what this woman's going to go through for the Supreme Court nominee in the next few weeks? It's going to be insane. I think what I went through with the U.S. Olympic team just a few people not happy with me, complaining to me to the Olympic bosses every day in Colorado. I was like, I'm over it. I'm so soft compared to these people, like this woman that she's going to go through. I think most of us are. We don't like to be attacked. But if we're going to be attacked, let us be on a firm foundation and let us know that God is protecting us and watching over us. God protects your spouse. God protects your children. You ever sent your kids off to college? Can I get a witness? Oh, yeah, Keely. There you go, right? Scott, what can you do? What can you do? You commit them to the Lord. God is a protector. God protected Franklin Graham when he was a rebel against God. That's why there's the book, you know, it's like the rebel, you know, I forget the exact title, but it's, it's, Ruth wrote it, Rebel with a Cause. Ruth wrote the book, Rebel with a Cause, and he'd go rebelling, but she'd stay up until he came home. You know, Frank would come home at three in the morning, mom's up like, she wouldn't say anything, but God's our protector. He protects our mind, he protects our heart, he protects our very life, he protects our loved ones, and when tragic things happen or difficult things happen, we have to say like Job, the Lord is given, the Lord is taken, Blessed be the Lord. Naked I came from the womb, naked I will return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's like the song, you know, he gives and takes away. I always mention I don't like that song, but you know what? I still sing it because I believe it. In all this uncertainty that we're looking at, in this countdown to even more uncertainty, not only can I affirm that this text with New Testament affirmation that God provides for us 
he does protect us because Jesus gives us the armor of God. He promises he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And our life is in his hands. The people we love are in his hands. And we come up, we don't know if all we do know. And he's our protector. Because even in the Lord's Prayer, not only give us this day our daily bread, but deliver us from evil. Jesus told us to pray for that. He told us as disciples to pray, deliver us from evil. And he will. And if there comes a day when he doesn't, well, maybe that's the end of the journey. And either way, let it make you more like Jesus. We don't know what the ending's going to look like. You might have a terminal illness. That's how you're going to be prepared in your last chapter for heaven. You might have Alzheimer's, and that's how you're going to be prepared in your final chapter for heaven. You might be held hostage, and that's my, I'll be, you'll be prepared for your final chapter before heaven. We don't know what we're going to be look like on our final chapter before heaven, but we're all going to have a final chapter before heaven. And we want to be found in faith with full confidence that the Lord is our provider and our protector on that day. Because the ultimate thing about the Lord is, is not just the provider and the protector, he's his presence is with us. Because he said there in the last part of this, for them as a nation, I'll look upon you favorably, verse 9, and make you fruitful, multiply you, confirm everything with you, my covenant with you. But he said, I will set my tabernacle, verse 11, among you, my soul shall not abhor you. I'm going to dwell with you. He's in the tabernacle. He's in the holiness of holies. Like, my presence is going to be right in the middle of your nation. Literally, physically, I'm going to be with you. And he says, and I'm going to walk among you. And I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. That's how it is. Because I broke the, broke the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. He's like, basically saying, I redeemed you. I've saved you. And I've called you. And I'm going to dwell with you in the tabernacle. And I'm going to walk among you. That's what he said to Israel. Now, what does he say to the church? Of course, we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He broke the yoke of Satan, the yoke of the grave, and the yoke of sin. So those are all types of what they went through as a nation of what happens for a believer personally, that the Lord our God is our redeemer. And he breaks that grip. The devil has no authority over our life. None. Nunca. Nada. Nothing. No authority. Jesus is the final authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He is the final authority over your life. Every hair on your head, every breath that your heart beats, your lungs give and your heart beats till the last moment. He's the final authority. No one can take that from us. We're in God's hands. We're in God's hands. And he's a blessing God. This song is about the blessing. I'm your provider, I'm your protector, and I'm your presence. Now think about this. In the Genesis... The Lord was with them personally in the garden before sin. He dwelt with them. And we're told in Genesis 3, after they sinned, the Lord was what? What's he doing? He's walking in the garden. Now, what's he saying here? I'm going to walk in you. What do you see in the New Testament? Jesus is in the midst, walking in the midst of the churches in Revelation. He's in the midst. He's here. Jesus is here right now in the winds of two or three. And even if it was just you, he's with you because he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. But there's something special about two or more, and we're definitely two or more right now. He's in the midst. I told people when I'm having a difficult night in the pulpit, I look right over here, kind of where Fred is, right above the clock to the left, and because that's the right hand. Yeah? That's the right hand. I always look, clock is center. I look to the stage left, but back there right, because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And I just look up. All the difficult times I've ever to preach, graveside, my mother-in-law, people mocking me and laughing at me, preaching graveside on Good Friday. I just looked up and looked to the right as unto Jesus. We're here and we're gone. 
And he's never left me or forsaken me in anything since I've given my life to him. He was there before I gave my life to him. But the promises are for the covenant. And so not only providing, not only protecting, but his presence. The presence was lost in the Garden of Eden. But therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're brought into that presence. And what are we told? There's no tabernacle we go to. We're the temple. He indwells us, the Holy Spirit. But, you know, the Angram Moth's book, he, he indwells us. So we have his presence in us saying, this is the way to go. Hey, don't give up on Russia yet. Do this, write this letter, do that. He, hey, pray for this, do this, call that person, follow up on that. He's in us, leading and guiding us and directing us. He's with us and he's walking with us. It's like the famous painting, you know, where like footsteps, there's two sets and there's one set. Oh Lord, it's like, no, the Lord carried us and he has carried us. He didn't carry us this far to unravel and be struck with fear. But he's brought us to the brink of our greatest moment of faith ever, I believe, for the church. You can make it your greatest time of faith ever in your personal life. And this church can choose collectively to say this is going to be our greatest time of faith ever in the history of worship generation for such a time as this. And we can do our part to influence the Calvary Chapel movement to bless the evangelical body of Christ worldwide. We can do our part. But it still comes back to the individual. That presence there's, we were singing that song with Joe Henschel. I've heard it before, but we've never sung it here. That, like, your, your presence, there's nothing greater than your presence, right? Like, that was so powerful. What a great song. That's what all comes back to you. Because what do you see in the last two chapters of the book of Revelation? In the end of all things of God's revelation to humanity, what do you see? The Lord God is there in their midst. His presence is with them. There's no son because he is the light in the kingdom and he wipes away every tear and sorrow that we could possibly have so it was there in the garden that perfection it was lost and then here in the middle of the mosaic at the founding of the mosaic covenant he promises these principles to them as a nation and for their families and their individual get more of it in numbers and deuteronomy and then jesus comes and fulfills all the shadows of things to come he fulfills it all and then the church age which is what we are until he comes back By the way, you know what he says in the last chapter three times? I'm coming quickly. Three times in the last chapter of the Bible, he says, I'm coming quickly. I mean, I knew that, but like rereading it the other day, I was like, well, like, I'm coming quickly three times. I got a red letter Bible. Like, it's hard to miss that. He's with us until he's done, but his presence is everything. There is nothing better than his presence. We're told the angels wanted to understand this back in the day before this covenant. First Peter tells us that. We're told that people look with expectation in these previous covenants for what we're able to enjoy when we wake up in the morning and seek first the kingdom of God and we have God's spirit speaking to us personally about what he wants to do in our life. What a privilege. What a stewardship. What an opportunity. Our relationship with Christ. Now again, I know most of you, but if you've never given your life to Christ... You can have this relationship. Like he came to give this relationship. It was lost. And then when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, we're we're brought into that relationship. It's restored. And we don't, we're not living for eternal life. We are living in eternal life. We're already in it. And the spirit confirms with our spirit that we're his children and we're in it. And everything he wants to do in our life right now is about eternity. 
We're in time, space, and manner, but what he's doing in our life as individual believers and in this church, it's about eternity working in and through us right now in anticipation of eternity, preparing us for eternity and preparing others for eternity. And then this age is going to be gone. There is definitely a new heaven and a new earth coming. And we need to be living for that. So again, I say, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, I will give you all the provision you need. I will give you peace in the land, and you will chase your enemies. It's a spiritual battle. That's our high ground. The spiritual battle, the high ground, bending the knees, the low ground is the high ground. Prayer. The promises of God. Moving the hand of God, but he promises us protection till he's done, and then his presence. We have his presence. And I'm so glad he hasn't left us here without his presence. I'm so glad for such a time as this, we choose to wake up, most of us, and say, here I am, Lord. Use me. I love the confirmation of his presence in my life, and I know you do too in yours. Let's not take it for granted. Let's run with it. Let's figure out what he wants to do individually each day as best we can discern. And let's make it count, because he says three times, I'm coming soon. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.